Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Good morning. What an amazing weekend. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The Lord is so good. And um, the glory is just so strong in this place this morning. And yep. I. I feel like there's just been a significant shift into the new, just stepping over, crossing over this morning into the new. And um, when I was in worship, the Lord often speaks to me in worship, and, um, and the Lord speaks to me just with numbers, very significant, like in the numbers sometimes with me and dates. And so as I was here, the Lord said, what day it is? I said, uh, November the 20th. And he said, I want you to go to Psalm 20. And so, um, Pastor Tom, when you were sharing with me yesterday that, that you guys have been in ministry for 24 years, immediately I saw the double-double, 12-12, which represents the apostolic governing authority. And I feel like there's a double portion yeah. coming in the years that you've labored and you've stewarded what the Lord has called you to steward so well, this is the season of significant breakthrough. And I saw two doors of destiny for the apostolic, the equipping, building up the body of Christ in this season to prepare the bride for Christ's return. They were swinging wide open. And uh, as the Lord gave me this psalm, it goes right along with what you were sharing from Philippians 1.6. The Lord finishes what he starts. The Lord finishes what he starts and he perfects the words and the promises and the work within us that he gives us. But it says... May the name of God of Jacob set you safely on high. May supernatural help be sent from his sanctuary. May he support you from Zion's fortress. May he remember every gift you have given him and celebrate every sacrifice of love that you have shown him. It's just pause in his presence. So let's just wait on the Lord and let that mark us for a second. Mm. May God give you every desire of your heart as you carry out your every plan as you go to battle. When you succeed, not if, but when, mm. <laughs> when you succeed, we will celebrate and shout for joy. Flags will fly when victory is yours. Yes, God will answer your prayers. God will answer your prayers. I know that God gives me all that I ask for and brings victory to his anointed king. My deliverance cry will be heard in his holy heaven. By his mighty hand, miracles will manifest through his saving strength. Some find their strength and their weapons and wisdom, but my miracle deliverance can never be won by men. Our boast is in the Lord our God who makes us strong and gives us victory. Our enemies will not prevail. They will only collapse and perish in defeat. 
while we rise up full of courage. So what I feel like the Lord is saying to Global River Church this morning is to remember the prophecies from years ago. This is a season to meditate, contemplate, and there's an activation to step into this season where you're gonna see those prophecies be fulfilled like never before. You are moving forward because Yahweh is with you. You have passed many tests. There have been seasons of testing. There have been seasons of stripping. And because you have truly set your heart to be a people whose heart is fully unto the Lord, to fully make his name famous, the Lord says, I have entrusted you to partner with me in releasing glory and revival in this region. And I hear the Lord saying this place will be an equipping center. And there are many forerunners that will be raised up in this day and in this time through this house. And there's expansion coming to the leadership here. There's expansion coming even from the children, the generation of the children that the Lord is raising up in this house. Many John the Baptists are being raised up. Many Deborahs are being raised up. And so I just feel like there is an impartation of strength and endurance that's being released today. Supernatural strength and endurance and grace. Strength and endurance and grace to run the race and you will finish well you will finish well but the Lord says now is the time now is the time now is the time get ready to run get ready to run get ready to run you have climbed the watchtower you have watched you have waited you have stewarded well and now the delay is being broken now you will see the promises of God fulfilled. Today is a day of going from glory to glory to glory. Today is a day of ascension. And corporately, we have stepped into the new. So we thank you for the prophetic destiny (laughs) on this house, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for their work year after year, decade after decade of laboring for you, laboring for souls. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the fresh oil that you're pouring out. Lord, we thank you that you are the author and you are the finisher. And we thank you, God, that you are the one who gives dreams to fulfill them. And Lord, we thank you that it's by your spirit that all things come to pass as we set our heart and gaze on you and we're obedient to do the things step by step, day by day that you call us to do and that you are the one that does wondrous things. So Lord, we thank you for your glory in this place. We thank you that many will come from here and from there and will say, surely the Lord is in this place. Lord, we thank you that the gate of heaven is open in this place. Angels ascending and descending in this place. Day by day, year after year, because of your faithfulness of your people here, God. And we just thank you that you are in this place. We thank you this is a habitation of your glory, a habitation of your glory, and will forever be a habitation of your glory. And we thank you that through this house, you were bringing many sons and daughters to glory. 
We bless you, God, for what you're doing. Bless your people and release supernatural strength mm -hmm. and endurance in Jesus' name. Uh, you, you're, not, you're not done. You got to pray for I need you to pray for me. Just stretch your hands. Church. I need impartation. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for refreshing even right now, Lord. Hmm. Refreshing, a fresh and filling to your son. Yarabahaya. <laughs> 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 mm. Lord, we thank you for the sevenfold spirit of God. Mm -hmm. We thank you for the lamps of fire that are burning in this room. And Lord, we thank you for the open door of revelation. Mm -hmm. Lord, we thank you that as your people, they are hungry and they've cried out for more. They've cried out for strategy. They've cried out, God, for insight Shebekia. into what you're speaking and how you're leading in this season. Lord, we thank you that today is a day of insight and strategy being released yeah. by what you're going to speak through Abner, God, this morning. Lord, we thank you that Thursday night he began to, to lay the foundation for what you're building here. And we thank you today that there's a completion to the word of the Lord for this assignment. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, we thank you for the angel of revelation ministering today, God. Lord, we thank you for the door of revelation, just as you said, call to me. Call to me, and I will reveal to you. I will tell you unsearchable things, mysteries that you do not yet know. Mm -hmm. Lord, we thank you that today is the response to your people's cry in a significant way. So, Lord, let our ears be open to hear what you're speaking today. And I thank you that today is a day of ascension. Today is a day of access into the new. So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for fresh oil. Hey. We thank you for fresh fire. And we thank you, Lord, for the oil of heaven and glory thank being you, poured out on your people today and through Abner as he ministers. And Lord, we just thank hey. you that today is a day of outpouring. Yep. Outpouring of revelation. And Lord, give us living understanding for what mm -hmm. you're speaking that we may apply it to our lives as we move forward into the new with you today. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. You have your Bibles this morning? Hope you brought your eyeballs, Bibles, iPads. Let's look at a uh, subject we looked at a little bit last year when I was here, but I felt from the Lord to revisit it this morning, Proverbs 29, 18. And uh, I, again, I, I want to encourage you that when you read a statement from God in Scripture that he is, he, is, he is not making a suggestion. He's giving us understanding of a reality. And meaning that it, it, it's, this is a principle that is operating in the people of God or operating in the earth, and so it would be important for us to take heed to it. And I felt uh, this morning to... And obviously, in, uh, in, in the time period that we have this morning, or even if you had weeks and weeks, you couldn't doubt this is a whole course that we're going to talk about. But this is, uh, we're going to talk about the subject of revelation knowledge. But here, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation, 
the people cast off restraint. When it says that word revelation, uh, it, is some, it is prophetic insight. It is a, a revelation of God. And when we say revelation, it doesn't go beyond the word of God, but it gives us, uh, it opens the lens of our eyes and our heart to see what God has made available. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. And then Hosea 4, verse 6 And why don't you keep in mind, too, in these verses, the enemy, excuse me, the Bible is not talking about the enemy here. He said, your destruction is in your ability to know the knowledge of God. When you're tracking with the Lord correctly, you're not so much concerned about the enemy because the enemy, you have authority over what the enemy's doing when you're moving in revelation knowledge. It's not there's, that there's not times that we don't address or use our authority, but the focus is not the enemy. It doesn't say we're destroyed because of what the enemy's doing in the earth. We're not destroyed for this agenda or that agenda. We're not destroyed by inflation. We're destroyed because, or, or, or we'll, we'll lack because we don't have revelation. Hosea 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I will reject you from being priests before me. This is New King James. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. So he says, where there is no revelation, the people are cast off restraint. And then he said, we're destroyed for a lack of revelation. So revelation, we want to make this point, revealed knowledge of God is critical, critical to your life. It's like you can't operate without a, in a, with the human body without that heart pumping correctly. Without revelation knowledge, you are not functioning properly as a believer. The way the Lord showed me a number of weeks ago, and this is just a natural example, and obviously these natural examples help us because we can identify with them. Uh, he, he brought me back to maybe uh, about a year and a half, no, several years ago. It was right before, it was the fall before COVID around this time last year, and I had to go to uh, Nepal. I had to go to the Philippines and then to Nepal, and, and that's an, <laughs> it's always interesting to go to that part of the world and, you know, connect. But I was looking, and I was kind of looking at the flight schedule, and uh, when I first looked at the flight schedule, I, I looked at all the flights, and it, I think it was going to cost about $14,000. And I said, I said, no, I don't mind paying if that's what it costs, but, uh, you know, I, I got favor. <laughs> and I'm a son of the king. <laughs> and I go for wholesale prices, you know. <laughs> so I just, be, you know, I, I have some, I've been flying a lot, so I know some things. And I, and I, got, and I, got, I got advantages. I do. I have, I have flying advantages. I, I honestly, when I go to the airport sometimes, I said, I feel bad if you had no advantages. It's a miserable thing to fly normal. So, no, really, they don't treat you very nice, and, you know, they touch you every place, and, all, you know, all sorts of things that are wrong. <laughs> oh, really? Get there like five hours in advance, you know. <laughs> no, really, this is, this is a wrong thing that they're doing to people. So I, I you know, just kind of applied the revelation I had, all the same flights, 
all the same routes I wanted, flew business class, and God saved me about $9,000. He said, that's what revelation does to you. That's natural knowledge. Every believer is supposed to live with an advantage in this world. And so the goal, right, the goal of God is for you to be like Jesus. Everything that Jesus did was governed by his sight that came from revelation knowledge. Look at John 5. I want to read it out of the Passion because I love how Brian Simmons put that together there. Verse 19. I speak to you a timeless truth. I love that. The Son is not able to do anything from himself or through my own initiative. Now catch this. This is really important. And also realize that Jesus... One of the reasons that Jesus died is so you can be positioned on the earth exactly as he was when he lived on the earth. And so Jesus is not acting as God here. He's, he's choosing to act as the son of man. I always, I always am amazed at the humility of Jesus. The one who spoke the universe into existence places himself under the limits of humanity so you could live in even greater place than the original creation. And it's not like it benefited anything. Like God did not benefit by going to the cross. It was love for people. It was love to give them an inheritance. It was like, that's a beautiful thing. And you're having trouble, you know, forgiving someone? I'm not trying to condemn you, but, you know, you you might want to read the Bible and just realize how immature you're being. Don't make yourself a victim. Anyway, so I only do, I only do the works that I see. What's he see? What does he see? He's not talking about his natural eyes. His natural eyes are not unimportant, but he's seeing something. He's seeing the eyes of the Father. And then he tells us, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So a big part of us being like Jesus is that he wants us to see but you can't see without the right knowledge flowing through you. Now let's go back to the original model, Genesis 1. Genesis 1, verse Out of my, one, of my, one of my favorite thousand translations, New King James now. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Image is likeness, pattern, resemblance, shadow. 
And I want to emphasize again to you, and you'll see this is what God establishes here. The question is often asked, and, it, and I don't think it's a wrong question, like, what proves the existence of God? Do you know man in right relationship was supposed to prove the existence of God? Shadow. To see Adam and Eve functioning was to see what God looked like. Your life is supposed to be an invitation of what God looks like. He also gives him an aspect of his personality and character. You have the character of God, and the reason that's important, because he's going to give him dominion. He's going to give him ownership. This is really important. We're not disputing who owns the earth. Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's, but who is he giving it to? The sons of men. So why do, you, why do you want to understand this concept of dominion? You want to understand this concept of dominion because it's your responsibility to rule the earth from God's character and nature. And notice, he doesn't say you have dominion over people, you have dominion over the earth. According to our likeness, let them, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over all the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created him. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful. Notice the first thing he says is a blessing. And the first voice that they hear is the voice of God. God reveals who he is. This is who I am. I'm the God of blessing. And this is what you're called to do. Through me, through your trust in me, I am calling you to have authority in the earth Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So your mind, your heart, was created to receive information from different realms. One, Adam can't figure out who he is without God speaking to him. God reveals himself as a God of blessing, and then he also reveals to Adam, this is who you is. That's not good English, but I like saying it that way. <laughs> so this is, this, is, this is how you're supposed to learn. And then also the realm of the senses. He could understand the world through the realm of the senses. The realm of, there's nothing wrong with the realm of the senses. But it's not supposed to govern you. So man was created this perfect entity this perfect entity. And, and here's, here's one point too, is how do we walk in, how do we live in a lifestyle of revelation knowledge if without it we perish? He gives us insight in Genesis 3 verse 8. And man walked with God in the cool of the day. Here's another really important point. Uh, well, well, we'll address this in a moment. Genesis 3 verse 8. God walked with man. So the foundation of walking and living a lifestyle of staying in continuous revelation is your fellowship with God. 
The first, the first defense against what is taking place in the world. And it doesn't mean you, you're, you want to stay insulated. You're, 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 you're the base foundation of dominion over the world that you live in is your fellowship with God. And you'll notice, too, he gives them like a vision. Hey, I'm giving you the vision to govern the world, and this is often how God does it. He'll like give you this vision. This is where I'm going to take you. You're not going to stadiums. And then you have to stay walking with him because it's often like a puzzle because it's not an intellectual walk. That's why he'll tell some of you, like he'll give you this vision, and, and, and it may take place the next day, but often there's this walk that you gotta walk it out in him. Because the biggest, one of the biggest things of God is not so much the fulfillment of certain things, he gets excited to that, but he loves the journey. He really does. Because his goal is not to not for your ministry. Like he likes your ministry because it's going to be used as a strength in the earth. He, he gets excited about it. That's not the really thing that he gets excited. He gets excited about you becoming more like him. That's what really excites him. So you, what's the, what, we're, we're talking about this concept of how do, we, how, we, how do we live by revelation? Number one is your fellowship with God. You know, what, you know I, have a, I have a New Year's resolution every year. Really simple. Because it fixes all my problems. God, I want to know you better. God, I, have, God, I, need, I need to know you. I, I got, you know me. And the things he reveals to you, too, are supposed to draw you close. We said last night, the whole of Scripture never had anything to do with what you could do on your own. So what does he do? He's got to, re he's got to receive this word. I'm supposed to have dominion. And then what does he do? So here's another, another principle about revelation knowledge. It's progressive. God does not tell you everything you need to know in one, in one moment. He gives you truth in degrees. What's the next thing he tells them? Don't eat at that tree. What's he telling them? He's giving them principles of how the world is supposed to be governed and how he's supposed to have dominion over the world that he lives in. And you'll notice something here that's really important to our understanding Verse 25, he says, don't eat of that tree. And then, of course, we know that uh, he brings the animals to Adam. And you'll notice, too, something, something's really, those verses, I, I'm constantly meditating on them. Because he brings the animals to Adam, and he sa it says that God watched what Adam would name the animals. That's really fascinating stuff to me. And I notice too, it doesn't say that Adam, I'm not dismissing this, you, you'll understand. He didn't stop to fast and pray to see what he was supposed to name those animals. Also, I want you to notice, Scripture does not tell us he went to NC State to learn zoology. So now this is really important. The word of God qualifies you to do things in the earth that a degree can never qualify you for. 
What qualify? You're like, I, I just feel so unqualified. Welcome to walking with God. And there's other, Jesus, I'm in my third degree now. Lord, two masters. And it's from God. It's supposed to do I'm learning some stuff. You also see in perfection, Adam was created to be taught. You're created to be taught. Instruction. Structures. Instruction. One conclusion that I want to come to from Genesis 2 is when you know someone, you don't need to ask him what the will is. He knew the will of God in that situation. Also watch the pattern. There's constantly pattern. You catch that. When you know someone, I've come to know my wife. Still, I'm learning lots of things about her. My house is very different than it was. <laughs> it's great. It's better. It's better. It's better. I'm not complaining at all. No, no, don't, don't ever think I complain. She said, can I do this? Sure, the house is yours. No, really, I got no complaints. It looks nicer. I had to get rid of a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. She said, that's got to go. I said, can we put it in storage? What are you going to use it for? I don't know. It's just nice to have. I discovered I might have a hoarding problem. <laughs> uh, I'm working it through with my counselor, you know. I got to keep a few things, though. <laughs> She's trying to get rid of a puppet that I refuse to get rid of. <laughs> she did say the baby will not get around the puppet, though. <laughs> the puppet has a very special place in my heart. This has nothing to do with my sermon, but I just thought it would lighten some of you up. But when you know someone, you know, a New Testament equivalent to that is Matthew 8. The man comes to Jesus and he says, he says, uh, if you're willing. He didn't say God was willing. He said, I am willing. When you know someone, you can speak for them. And the pattern is God speaks the universe into existence and then Adam declares what those animals are supposed to be. Those animals don't know if it's God or Adam. They just know that's the word of God that I'm created to obey. So he, he see what's happening. Through the knowledge of God, through the knowledge of God, he is believing what God is saying. And his belief gives birth to action. The knowledge you receive from the Lord is supposed to give birth to action, and it defines the lens by which you view reality. Look at Genesis 2. This is important. Verse 25. This is just a fast... Like, like I love the Word of God. I don't know if you... Like, like if, if you... Like, please read the book. No, I'm serious. You, no one can read it for you. Man, if you have trouble reading, get it on audio. Just get that, that thing will start changing. You, you might like be bored for three hours. Just keep putting it inside you. It'll do something. People died to get that book in your hands. And you have 80 different versions in America. I'm too busy. I ain't got a lot going on. You know. Stop. You're a baby in diapers that needs to grow up. 
Verse 25. They were both naked, man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. This is an interesting verse because it tells you that their hearts created in perfection were pure. Some people think it was because there was this glory, and I, there's probably all different reasons why that could be the case. But the point that I'm saying here and that we see here is their hearts were pure. That's why God can talk to you in the shower. He thinks he, there's no disruption in God. It's not like, oh, they're naked. I can't interrupt them. He, it's, it's sometimes so hard for us to identify which how he thinks. Yet he invites us to think like, so they're looking at each other and they see there's no perversion there. That's what it's like to live by revelation. No perversion and your heart is governing the way you see. There's a reason I'm emphasizing this. Genesis 3 is still a principle in this word, though. You'll see, just because they had... So what's taking place? And this is really important, and this is why Proverbs 4 makes a lot more sense. He says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. The heart is really important. And... and, Everyone has a heart. I don't know if you realize. And when the Bible speaks about a heart, he's not talking about the physical heart. He's talking about the center, the spirit of man. Most references are are, uh, um, to the human heart. They're not referring to the, the biological heart, the organ. But the heart represents the idea of the will of human choices of conscience. You find that in 1 Samuel 24, verse 5. 2 Samuel 24, uh, uh, 24, 10. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. The heart also represents the act, the act of determining choice. The heart is a place of understanding and reflection. To hold the truth in one's heart is to understand in a way that impacts one's life. Conversely, when people do not take something to the heart, they fail to understand in, the, in, an act, in a manner that actually makes a difference in their life. Isaiah 42, verse 25, verse 25, excuse me. The heart provides wisdom to rule justly and wisely. It discerns both good and evil. In Luke's story of, of, of Mary and the birth of Jesus, Mary treasured where? In her heart. The heart is the seat of understanding. It's the focus of one's imagination. In Jesus' parable, the sower, the word of God is sown, what? In the heart. When he speaks about the soil it's sown to, it's speaking about the condition of your heart. So he says, guard your heart because it really determines, you'll watch, because you'll see this principle, Genesis 3, the principle is this. They could hear the voice of God, but they could, the, the enemy also had access to speak to them. But God is not concerned about that because he's giving them authority over that. God is kind of twisted, not twisted, but kind of funny New Jersey. I mean, I, if I was... God never asked me, but I would just like destroy that miserable thing. But he doesn't. He leaves him on the earth. He goes, oh, you want worship? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a world and going to put people made in my image. You're not even worth my time. And since you want worship, I'm going to give them governing authority over you. 
and their work on the earth is worship unto me. And when they worship unto me and have dominion, you'll see how bigger I am than you because I'm going to use people made in my image to have governing authority over you. He, you, you were created to have authority over the devil. But here's one thing the devil knew. He said, if I can get, get them to agree with a lie. God can't violate his words. He already told them. He gave them governing authority. So if I can challenge what God said. So what does he do? He comes to them. The same way their belief system was governed by God, now he's trying to get their belief system to be governed by mental illness. No, you got to think like that. So this is how this principle, these principles still function in your life. So what do they do? They believe a lie when they had authority over the one giving the lie. And you'll also notice something else. The enemy does not create anything in this earth. Everything you see is a perversion, a distortion. There is no created thing in the earth by the enemy. It's a perversion. It's all a perverse version of what God. Why does he do? Oh, what's wrong with two people loving? Or three people, six people? He's perverting true love and marriage and covenant. And he's trying to convince people, oh, this is who I am. This is true. Why don't you accept me? If God didn't say anything, Abner doesn't say anything about it. I love you enough to tell you that you were not created to live like that. And so what happens now? See what happens, though, that's really important to us. That they believe a lie, and now what happens? Vision, their heart, the way they view reality is now distorted. They're naked. They're ashamed. Also watch something else. This is really important. It's why the governing of your heart is so important. Your beliefs are not arbitrary. Your beliefs are either causing life to be birthed in your sphere of influence or you're actually partnering with death. There's no, milita- there's no demilitarized zone. You are the garden of your heart. You're like, I don't know why this happens to you. It's a lie of the enemy. You are see, the, the enemy loves that place because he, you, now you're a victim of the world around you. When you actually are the watchman of your world. You're not alone in it, but you're the watchman of it. So what, what happens? Their world, the world gets distorted. Humanity is now still made in the image of God, but we, we are, we're now distorted. Their minds are distorted. Think about the, and, and, and sin tries to humiliate you. The owners of the earth are putting fig trees on them. That's, that's some stupid stuff, you know. That's really dumb way to live. That's what you, sin does. It makes you stupid. No, real, I'm not being funny. Think about the, I know, I know men who are so bound to things. They know that their company is, they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. They know their company is watching them and they're still looking at, why? Because sin tries to humiliate you. They know there's a consequence. They know that could something happen, but they are so bound to the power of this age. Sin does not pay. Come on. 
My compassion, God, I'm not judging. I'm just going, you think about, you know the consequences, but there's such a drive inside of you to, 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 to act crazy. So now there's a distortion, but God still wants to govern us by revelation. I'm going to land the plane. But this is what Jesus said. This is why this is really good news. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. This is why Jesus came. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, now you'll see it's multidimensional. It's not just forgiveness of sins. It's the wholeness of your heart. Jesus is like the greatest psychologist, counselor, everything all in one is in deliverance. To proclaim liberty to the captives, now this is really important, and recovery of sight to the blind. He's not just talking about blind eyes. He's talking about hearts that have been blinded to see perversely. He's saying, I've set your heart free to see with your heart that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. But uh, we'll touch on that in a minute. Recovery is right to set at liberty. Why is it set you free? Just like in my scenario with the plane. It sets me free because now I live from a different place. I'm, I don't have to live like that. I don't have to expect that. I can live. My eyes are now free to see how God sees this situation. And to live like that. And to proclaim, and to set liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But I don't know if you've noticed this. Have you noticed this? We come born again. It, you have to recognize this. We come with a distortion in how we've been socialized. Made in the think about it. you you you've before you came into the kingdom of God, we all were influenced by different things. We all have different thought processes. We all came in a certain way. We all even had these assumptions about God that we've made. And so we come in in this in this broken mindset. That now he wants to flood with revelation truth to teach you how to begin to see again. We don't revel in our brokenness, but it's important to understand that we are broken in every way before we come into the kingdom of God. So, so, so here it is. How do we walk in Revelation? There has to be a recognition often of the belief systems and the thoughts that we had that God wants to switch some paradigms. God doesn't want to add to your dysfunctional thought process. He actually wants to reshape your thought process. But here's the beautiful thing. Psalm 139 says, my thoughts towards you are like the sand of the seashore. So he's got all these thoughts. He's got all these concepts. Oh, you know, you know when they were in third grade, 
that teacher kept telling him, you're not very good at math. Oh, you're not this, you're not that. And they, you know, the enemy got that, got, got, got projected something contrary to their inheritance because that teacher had some of their own issues and so there's familiar spirits working and then their mom just never paid attention to them. And so now they've completely shut off this part of their inheritance. And they, are, they, they think, even though they're in the kingdom of God now, they think that area is not for, they don't think they can paint anything. They don't think they can build anything. They, their da- and, and their dad was a good man, nice man, loved Jesus, but he told them, just find somewhere you can work for it. And so they've been programmed now. And so, but I got this inheritance over for them here. And so I, I want to restructure some things because in their family line is supposed to be all these entrepreneurs, all these creative people, and it's been broken through this lineage. They love Jesus, but they stayed in ignorance. So I need to break through some things by revelation to them. So I got to readjust some things. So you come in, so this is why he teaches us here. Fellowship with God, start there. That's why he says, unless you're converted like a child. That's why you can't get beyond this place in properly relating God and saying, Lord, I'm yours to command. I know nothing, I am nothing. It's only you. And it doesn't mean you don't have a choice doesn't mean you don't have a choice, but here's the beauty of choice. I love how Jesus articulates the life of free choice, acting as a man. When, when you start tracking with the Lord, you realize it's so brilliant, it's not you. He says, it's not me who does, who does the work. It's the Father in me. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in this body, flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who died himself and gave himself for me. It is that power. You know, the only thing, this is why this is so important, because the only real thing we offer to our family, to people around us, is God in us. That's the only real good thing that we offer to people. And it doesn't, let me just stop for a minute. It doesn't mean everything that you've learned from natural things is wrong. There's a principle, and I, and I, and I, do, I do believe it. It's, 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 it's a con, Luther, excuse me, Calvin called it common grace, which means there is truth and there is goodness in even unredeemed people that we can learn. Even in academia, there's a theory I'm working with now in a dissertation, and it was by an unsaved man, but he's had such impact on Christian education but we had to retweak it. And so when you're listening, you can learn truth, but you, here's, here's what's really important. You have to take responsibility in the purpose that you're in to see it from God's perspective. You can learn things. You can go to school. I learned things in school that, oh, wow, I can apply that. But you have to filter it through the word of God and how God sees it. Because listen, listen to me, Linda. Just because something is quote-unquote successful in the world, you, you have to filter through how they built that mindset. I'm believing God for certain things. 
I've looked at, oh, wow, they, this unbeliever has what I'm believing God for. But they're a pornographer, so I don't think I need to follow that example. There was a man. I, I, okay. I'm going to try and land the plane. There's a man. He, he said something. I met him in Nashville. Maybe that's the only reason I went. I mean, there's probably other reasons, but I'm in Nashville. Walk up to this man. He's selling a book. He's got a, this thing. Really struck me. I said, hi, what's your name? Really nice guy. He said, oh, I was, I was in human resources, worked for these big companies many years. And he said, I was a believer, and I knew God had called me. Listen, I knew God had called me to do this. I was working for these unsaved companies. And he said, I was hungering for understanding of how to do human resources God's way. And I went to church, and I was listening, and I studied the word. And he said, and then I realized it's not anyone else's responsibility to teach me how to do this. God wanted to teach me, so he wrote a book on doing human resources God's way. So you have to take responsibility for your sphere of influence to see it from God's perspective. So he's got this inheritance for you. Fellowship with God. Conversion like a child. Unless you're converted like a child. God, I'm here to learn from you. I'm here to learn exactly. Teach me your ways. I, 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 I'm really thankful. I didn't even know what I was saying. I was like, Lord, I don't want to know what someone else said about you. I don't, I, I'm very thankful for ministry, but teach me your ways. Not what someone else said, not a principle. I want to learn deep on the inside of me how you think and how you act. And it goes back to also a high honor for the word of God. Luke 8, Luke 8, 18. Take heed. Take heed how you hear. And then what you hear. And don't worry, it's not an intellectual pursuit. Just go, Lord. I don't know exactly how this is. Do you ever, I've been many times, you're in settings, you're even private times or corporate meetings, you're like, that was amazing. I don't even know, I don't even have language, but I know that was the Lord. So I received the word of the Lord. I've said I received the word of the Lord. I don't even know what it means. But now here is the beauty of this though. Take responsibility. God, here's where it starts because it will come like a seed. The entrance of your word brings light. It is in the reception of that word that gives you access to the wisdom of that word. But here's what a lot of people do. Yeah, I I received that, but okay, now I go back to live my life. The entrance of your word brings light. And uh, sometimes you won't even understand for another season, but Your yes to that word allows it to go down as a seed on the inside of you and allows it to govern the world around you. Joseph's yes to his dream, even though everything, listen, listen, this is why this is important. Everything in his life goes contrary to the word of the Lord. But his whole world is being dictated by his eternal purpose. So here's also another good, good, good news. It is not your job to fulfill the word of the Lord. 
It's God's job to fulfill it, your job to trust him and do what he's told you in between. So fellowship with God, a childlike heart. And that's where the, the necessity of being healed on the inside comes. Why, why can't I, why can't I, I just can't even get there that God would do that for me. He's bringing up that brokenness and he wants you to exchange it with the royalty that he's made you. So I want to make this statement that's really important. Whether you realize it or not, your future is on the inside of you. Your future is on the inside of you. Why do we say that? Don't look here. Don't look there. For the kingdom of God is within you. And you'll be the steward of how that manifests. Then the beautiful thing is you start acting. And as you act, you develop what we call habits. Habits become a lifestyle. And eight, walking with the Lord. Listen to me, Keith. <laughs> walking with the Lord is, is many ways. There's always these natural pictures. There's always these natural pictures. I kind of jokingly say, I, I, I try and work out by five, six days a week. I know you can tell. So... <laughs> <laughs> You're wondering, I've never used performance-enhancing drugs. You can, you know, it's possible to have a natural body like this, you know. I know many of you are wondering, you know. I've never used anything, but I jokingly say sometimes when I work out to friends of mine, I go, hey, I lifted weights today. Do I look bigger? And they just kind of laugh at you. It's kind of like, what's wrong? Are you stupid? You know, because we know that just one workout isn't going to change it. This is why it's so important to not lose hope, not lose faith. Don't let things you don't understand overwhelm you. Yes. Don't, don't let trauma cause you to lose hope. Yes. I mean, so many believers, they start well, but they lose hope. I just decided, yeah, there's a lot of things I didn't understand, a lot of mountains in my way, but where am I going to go? I can't go to hell. No, really, where am I? I've all, I'm all in. I've gone too far down this thing to go, oh, I'm just going to give up. And here's the other part about all this. God never misses it. Amen. Some of you, listen to me, Bruce. You need to ask God to forgive you for being offended at him. You're offended. didn't happen the way I thought it. This has broken my, you know. So secretly you're offended at God. Why did this happen? Why did this person die? Why did, I, I just don't get it, God. It's okay. Those questions are not bad in a sense. But if you hold it as a reason of why you can't have hope for the future, you're seeing yourself as a victim of something the enemy did to you.
but it's like working out. You stay that course. You ever run before? I started running more miles during COVID because they wouldn't let me at the gym. That's, that's mental illness. There's a world hive crisis, so we're going to close the gym so people can't get healthy. That's not a political statement. That's just true. So I, I, liked, I always was running. I was running before, so I said, well, I'll just put more miles. I got more time on my hands. Remember, I went out, that, I think that first or second weekend, ran like six miles, a lot slower. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep running. That was not easy, but I just took my time and did that. Slowly, what happens? Every day you gain strength. That's what it's like to walk with the Lord. And the whole time, Jesus is gone. I'm here for you. You can do it. I'll help you all the way through. I'm here for you. You can do it. He's with you. I was thinking about a situation um, the other day. It was challenging. And it was really simple just what the Lord said. See, you know the principle. What, what happens, though, is revelation helps you like, oh, okay, got it, boss. He goes, why don't you just see me in the situation with you? He goes, oh, you know, I'm not so worried anymore. <laughs> it's not a big concern. You don't seem to be that bothered by it. <laughs> yeah, I run the world. This is not a big deal for me. you receive this word? Just lift your hands. Thanks for being patient. I know we went to extra time, but my jets don't play till one. And by the way, I have been playing, I have been praying for my jets and look, the Lord answers prayer. That's another thing to grow in Revelation. You pray in tongues. Pray in tongues everywhere you go. I see all this plowing. You've plowed, and you've plowed, and you've plowed, and you've contended. There was tr- difficulty. There was trauma. There was confusion. There was witchcraft. There was, a, there was many times to overthrow what God was doing here. And there was words spoken and judgment spoken then. But the Lord says, I sustained you. I kept you because I am the author and the finisher of your faith. And so the Lord says, now my people, now my global river, it's time to dream and dream again. Dream with purpose. Dream with confidence and know that I will back you up because as you've plowed, the Lord says it's now time for harvest. Harvest is here. Harvest is your portion. Harvest is here. Harvest is your portion. 
So now dream without limits. Dream like a Joseph. Dream of what you never thought was possible. Because the Lord says, in this room, I found some friends. I found some friends who would say yes to everything I would desire to do. And because you're my friend, I want to partner with you for regional transformation, for the building of long-term structures, for the building of eternal purposes, for the building of a generation that is to come. And today the Lord says, now, now, where death, mourning, and grief have tried to stop the purposes of God, I say it's a new day. Just take a moment, just receive hope. I'm telling you, there's a, hey, whoa, Jesus is in this room. In the name of Jesus, I release an impartation for the God kind of faith to trust God, to stay the course, to not grow weary in well-doing, to be quick to repent, and to be quick to run after God. The Lord says, it's not you running on your own. It's me in you who will give you the courage to run. And so the Lord says, now the door is open to walk on the water. So Global River, walk on the water. Walk on the water. And the Lord says, encourage each other, lift each other up, be each other's greatest cheerleaders, call people into purpose, see them higher, lift those up who've fallen, be a place of reconciliation, for the Lord says this is not just a global river, this is a global bridge, a bridge between denominations, a bridge between races, a bridge between misunderstanding. And so the Lord says, let the God kind of faith and let the God in you arise. For hey, for you're well able to go up and possess the land. The Lord says you're well able. The walls of Jericho may appear to be closed, but you're well able. And I'm reminded of a word the Lord gave me last Sunday. He said, the world will say famine, famines, famine but my people will know abundance, abundance, abundance. <laughs> Pastor Tom, if you'll just allow me just a few more minutes. If you're in leadership in here, I just want you to come up quickly. I just feel like there's a laying on of hands I just want to do to just to seal this word and just stretch your hands toward them. Guys, I know you have something this afternoon. I'm going to do this really quickly. Any, hey, Pastor Tom, any leaders you seem appropriate to just come up, you and your wife, just come up. I just want to quickly, I just want to seal this word. And would you as a congregation just stand up and just stretch your hands towards them as a sign of agreement. Jesus. Pastor Tom, is there anyone else you'd like to come up? Anyone you feel fit? Okay. Yeah. All of our Spanish congregation leadership, those who are in ministry leadership, if you're in a ministry position in the church, come on up. House of Mercy leaders, come on. Thank, and just thank you for allowing me to just get through what I felt like the Lord had. Just come on up, guys, please. Just shut your hands towards them. Father, I, on my own, I don't offer anything special to these people, but I'm a sent one. And so, Lord, would you just seal what you've asked me to do here today, just through the laying on of hands, God. Would you seal the word of the Lord? Would you seal the word of the Lord? Would you seal the word of the Lord? Would you, and, and with that word is the word of breakthrough. And would you, would you add, would you add, God, would you add an apostolic grace?
would you add and an unlocking? Hey, an unlocking, an unlocking, an unlocking, an unlocking, an unlocking for every leader here into goodness. Every leader here into goodness. Would you add? Hey, an unlocking. Would you add an unlocking, God? Would you add an unlocking? Would you add an unlocking? Would you release an unlocking, God? We just thank you. Hey, for these pray for these precious leaders. Fire of God, fire of God, fire of God. Nothing will hold these leaders back. Nothing will hold these leaders back. Nothing will hold these leaders back in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Fire, 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 fire. Unlocking, unlocking. Lord, thank you for Pastor Willie. Thank you for a greater anointing, a greater strength, a greater authority. Thank you for Bishop. Fire! Whoa! Pastor Tom, I just see this. It's a new scepter for a new day. And just prophetically, oh, this is so cool. I feel like there's this really big angel, and it's just putting just... Um, it's like watering you guys. And Lord, any little place, I know he is diligent to put things over to you, any little place that remains from any attacks of the enemy, any witchcraft, any twisting of his character, of who he was, we just thank you for a refreshing. Hey! And I bless my friend, God, but I also bless him as a sent one, as an apostle called. And Pastor Tom, with my hands laid on you, I just saw, I just saw like the Lord giving you new glasses to see and to dream again. There's been so many times where I feel like it's just because there was just challenges because you were building, you're believing and doing this that just seemed like it was day to day. But I say, dream and dream again, man of God. Hey! Dream and dream again. Fire, fire, fire. Whoa. Just look this way real quick. Thank you very much, guys, for being patient. Thank you for being so kind and loving this weekend. And every leader that's helped out. Thank you. Hallelujah. So may, many of you may not know that uh, Arlene Casola, who was one of our key leaders here for many years, went to be with the Lord this week. So at 4 o'clock today, we'll be having a memorial service. 3 o'clock, the family will be here. So at 4 o'clock, we'll have a memorial service for Arlene right here. And then there'll be some hors d'oeuvres afterwards. God bless you all. Thank you. May God rest. Bless you for this whole Thanksgiving season. Be thankful in Jesus.